This episode of Circling Circe contains descriptions of sexual, physical, and emotional abuse. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Gloria. And this is Circling Circe. I don't know, I need another like tagline or something. The podcast you shouldn't listen to right before bed. Especially this episode. Yeah. Um, this is a tough one for our girl. Yeah, I know. I'm like going into this like wah, wah. So yeah, I, I will give a couple trigger warnings, but this episode definitely comes with one. The, um, we will be talking about sexual assault. Uh, so if that's something that you don't want to hear, maybe skip this episode. Or when I get to the part where I say skip this part, um, skip that part. So I'll make sure to give another trigger warning when we talk about that. Um, and also skip but, this chapter in the book. <laughs> like yeah. skip it kind of, you know, skip over. Yeah, that's true though. I mean, it, the chapter kind of needs a trigger warning um, ahead of it too. I will say that I listened to a interview with Madeline Miller earlier today and she was talking about one thing that she appreciated about writing this book was that it's timeless and that all of these things are still problems now. But then I got mm-hmm. like really sad because it's like this is a story about ancient times. And of course it's not true, right? But it's still based on trueness. And sexual assault was an issue then and is still an issue now in so many like – really unfortunate ways. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, it really just, it really, God, it was hard to read. Really hard to read. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but when I when I first opened this chapter, my stomach dropped and I was like, oh no, like I have to do the summary this time on Ugh. this chapter. Here we go. Like, mm-hmm. all right, take a deep breath, you know. So I will say that it's not all bad, you know. It starts with like the lioness has babies and um, you know, Cersei, well, it it's not all bad, kind of. Cersei, I feel like this is the part of the story where Cersei, like, is just hitting her, like, ID gaff phase or whatever. Because <laughs> um, she's really just feeling, like, super lonely. And she says something like, the earth seemed to echo where I walked. Above me, the sky stretched out its empty hand. So island life is kind of getting to her. Um, Medea really got to her head. Uh, when she, yeah. like, she really got in her head. I think it's a combination of things too. I think coming back from helping her sister, that like compounded things, and she really felt the loneliness. And then Medea like just doubled down, um, you know. And she just kind of also feels like she's been a fool um, now that she knows who Aedes truly is too. So we're like mm-hmm. coming off this just like really sad time for her. Yeah. Yeah. Big reality and, check. Yeah. Big mm-hmm. reality check. And I also like I thought it was interesting that she starts to hope for a ship to come. And I like in my notes like wrote in parentheses like be careful what you wish for. So, you know, she starts to like wit like, you know, she's just lonely, you know. I imagine being on an island by yourself at some point would lose its charms no matter what, you know. So one day, you know, she's napping, no doubtedly with her mouth open, starfished on some chair. <laughs> starfished. I just, like, I just had in my mind, like, you know, 
not that she went on a bender the night before, but it's just like she's all by herself. She might even be naked. I like for some reason, I'm like, I know sunglasses didn't exist, but I just imagine her like hair disheveled, like slightly <laughs> drooling, like on the chair. You know, she's supposed to be this like goddess and like, you know, this she's been punished and all this stuff. And this nymph shows up probably like, who the hell? Like she's got like straw in her hair and she's just like, Ugh. basically <laughs> so Kristen like, Wiig from Bridesmaids. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh. That's totally yeah. the vibe in this like scene. Cause she had just said stuff like I, I wanted to sleep for years and wake up and have the world be different for once. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. so yeah. bored. She's, she's so, so bored. Yeah. She's bored. She's lonely. She's over it. Um, and then she kind of like opens her eyes in the midday sun and this nymph or a naiad named Alki, uh, shows up. <laughs> She's I was the like, drunk of the group. Good right. <laughs> um, and she shows up because she's been punished and her punishment is to serve Cersei. So she's kind of like a brat to Cersei and she's just, I don't know, she's not afraid of her and She's just like this like lower nymph and she's kind of being a mouthpiece. So then Cersei threatens to turn her into a worm and feed her to the fish and that shuts her up real quick. A blind Uh, worm, no less. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't even swim away. So that part made me laugh when she was like, her smirk vanished quickly or something, you know. I love too how she's like... She's like, oh, I could tell her all the reasons why and she wouldn't get any of it. So I spoke to her in her language. And like, it's like I came down real close and I was like, if you cross me, I will turn you into a blind worm and throw you in the ocean. How about that? And she got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love that. That saying, like, I had to speak in her language. After Alki shows up, more nymphs start showing up. And Cersei's kind of like. Again, be careful what you wish for. She wanted like company. Now she's like, this isn't the type of company I wanted. I don't want these nymphs running around. Like, they're not helpful. She realizes that she's running Iatraz. Right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. Hashtag Iatraz. I love it. (laughs) She calls for for Hermes to sort help her sort it out, but he kind of just finds the whole thing pretty funny and uses the whole "I'm just a messenger" excuse. And then, um, and I will say my notes verbatim here in his most fuckboy fuckery, <laughs> tells Cersei to sleep with them. He's like, well, have fun with it. Like, what are you doing? Don't get your panties in a twist. Like, go bring them to your bed. And she's like, they'd go or screaming. Do okay. get your panties in a twist. <laughs> yeah, do get hey. your panties in a twist. And, you know, bring them into your bed. And she's like, they'd go screaming from my bed. You know, they'd go running. And his response is, um, nymphs always do, but I'll tell you a secret. They are terrible at getting away. <laughs> yeah. So and she don't um, like that. She does not like no, that. No, it's funny because my response was very similar to Cersei's. I was just like, what? Like jaw oh, open. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when someone just crosses the line and says the thing that they really shouldn't. And of course, if he was like in the boys club, they'd all be like, ah, ha, 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 you know, elbowing each other and laughing. And Cersei's like, no, this is not funny. I'm finished with you. I was like, go, Cersei. I'm finished with you too, Hermes. So she just like shoes him away, like over it. She says, GTFO. Yep. (laughs) And uh, so that's kind of the end, I think. We'll see. We'll find out. But of like Hermes, you know, she says that he kind of still hangs around and probably sleeps with the nymphs themselves. But um, we also kind of find out that 
they'd been hooking up for like a hundred years. So it's a long a happy anniversary. Part. Yeah, <laughs> long friends with benefits relationship. I yeah. know. Yeah, it was interesting. Like you don't realize in years how long she'd been on the island. Um, yeah, and she's kind of almost been on the island that long. No wonder she's bored. I know. Yeah, yeah hundred really. years—that's a long time. I get stir crazy sitting alone for a couple twenty minutes. You know, right? A hundred <laughs> minutes. A hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's wild. And I feel like you know the book does a good job of putting it into the terms like if you were a god, this is how quickly it would feel, even though it's this long. Um, and you know the punished nymphs kind of come and go. Um, but Cersei is not doing well. She's like even worse than she was at the beginning of the chapter. Yeah. She's just, she's going through the motions. She tells all of them to like get out of her way. So half the time they're just like hiding in corners or whatever. She just wants nothing to do with them. And then of course, Lioness is getting old. She's also (laughs) almost like a hundred. And she says like, Cersei thinks that her divinity kind of kept her Lioness living longer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but one morning, Cersei unfortunately finds Miss Lioness has passed away. No, no, oh, that like really gutted me when I was reading. I was like, "No, your one friend." <laughs> like, <laughs> I I told the I told you guys, but I just bought a subscription to Audible because I wanted to hear this chapter on the way home. And really, was, that's um one of our sponsors, Audible. That sponsored by Audible. No, I wish. I know, um, me too. <laughs> but she was uh this part. I was like doing the dishes. I don't even remember what I was doing just right now. And this part happened and I was like, oh, no, like I stopped oh. what I was doing and oh, the way that it's all described, which how she, yeah. you know, honors her. I was like, I felt a big old lump in my throat for lioness. I, I feel like anyone who's ever had like a pet too. And I feel like this pet is like special pet, but mm-hmm. no matter what, like outliving your pets stink. And they're like, it's like losing a piece of your family, you know? It's really, sure. really, really hard. Yeah, um, and she was like her protector. Yeah. And she yeah. like almost had her own like dialogue with her, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's one of those things like this whole chapter just gets like darker and more bleak. like Super dark. Yeah. It's just like, oh, like all these horrible things are happening and Cersei's not feeling well. And then she loses like her best friend pet, you know? Pat dies and she tries to like bring her back to life and all this stuff. And then, like you said, Kelsey, she puts on this like really nice ceremony and um, and sets the lion out like for a Viking funeral. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cersei. Yeah. Cersei is not doing well after this. She calls herself old and abandoned and alone, spiritless and gray as rocks themselves. So she's getting real emo totally here. Alone. Utterly alone. Utterly alone. <laughs> she like she was Lydia Deeds. to the side yep. and then like readjusts her eyeliner. She turns then... on my chemical romance. Yeah, right. <laughs> she's like, when I was a young boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she plays the black parade uh-huh. through the island with her animals, you know. So all of a sudden, you know, Cersei's been real down and hasn't been doing so well. One day as she's dying some wool, she hears a man's voice say, is anyone there? <laughs> um, and this is where we give our second trigger warning. Yep. <laughs> the this man's voice. Yeah. Like, we know it's probably no good. 
from here on out. Uh, if there's a strange man in the picture that yeah. she was given no warning about, she had no idea how this guy showed up to the island. Um, and actually, it's a crew of men uh, from a ship. And so um, she even kind of says that they reminded her of Glaucus's crew or what Glaucus's crew would be. They're all worn down. And she's like, they've seen some stuff, right? Um, but because she's been alone and only like kind of with her nymphs that are like in the sidelines and she's been so down, she kind of just welcomes them with open arms. She's like, mortals. I know. And then, of course, <laughs> like mortals are like so thankful. And I think at the beginning, the guy says like, oh, thank you, goddess. But he just means it in like, I don't know, the colloquial term. What is what? Well, like he doesn't mean it. They don't realize she's a god. But at first she thinks that they do. And they're so thankful <laughs> and they're so real. I think that's the thing that like really attracts mm -hmm. mortals to her is that they're real and they have emotions and they're thankful and they're different than gods and nymphs and titans. Um, and they're just like nice to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and she even like in this time, she she mentions like all of the mortals that she's met and compares them to Glaucus and Daedalus and all these things like you feel mm -hmm. like she's. And again, she had been such a low point. I think this is like this weird shining light for her. You know, she's like, oh, my gosh, like Something I can host different. people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're thankful. And so, you know, she's happy to have these guests. And at first she thinks that it's really good and um, she even fantasizes about, you know, more boats coming in and feeding more people and being like a, a spot for boats to come yeah. by. She's like, I'd feed a ship a day, two ships, three ships. She's like yeah. excited at the, at the thought of being like this like hub of yeah. helping sailors. Yeah. And then like yeah, I she, said, you know, she puts on a heck of a spread. Yeah, yeah, right. I know. She's got like fish and feta and wine overflowing and they're like going nuts. They probably haven't yeah. seen, you know, she she mentions that they eyeball the pigs as they're coming in like, ooh, mm -hmm. you know, but they quickly forget about the pigs when she like lays down this like amazing char charcuterie. Char I can't say that charcuterie? word. Charcuterie? Charcuterie. <laughs> um, but she also realizes that they think she's mortal. And then she starts fantasizing, like, what would I be if I was immortal? Maybe I'd be a priestess. <laughs> Maybe I'd be this, you know? Mm -hmm. She's just, like, totally drinking it in um, to the point where she doesn't really notice, like, oh, the sunset, And they're still here. And they're still eating. And then kind of when they've had their fill and they start looking around, the captain starts asking questions. <laughs> And, you know, he starts asking about her husband and then her father or her brother, you know, because basically he wants to, you know, thank the man of the house because how could this woman be providing all these things by herself? Which, like, it's so funny reading this as a woman and, like, you feel – you just relate to the frustration with this. And, again, like, I, bringing back that whole – this is like an issue then. It's still an issue now. Like I feel like it's a very familiar feeling. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, to totally. be like, I get asked if my husband is home all the time, or like, oh, it's oh yeah, Mister whatever, Mister Davis there, and I'm yeah. like, Mister Davis is my dad, but can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> that was my father's name. <laughs> I remember yeah. I got into a car accident one time and uh, was like completely hysterical, crying and. Um, the tow truck picked me up and I was like 
again, hysterical crying and I was getting towed to my house and I was telling a tow truck driver, like, I just don't know what to do. Like, I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, it'll be okay. Just get your husband or your boyfriend to call the insurance company tomorrow. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know, just yeah. like, why wouldn't I do it? Or why would, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's I, that always stuck with me for some reason. I'm thinking like it's just yeah. an odd thing to. to He's do like clearly yeah. you can't even drive the car because you're a woman. So yeah. get him to call uh, all the car people for you. Yeah, or I was like so emotionally hysterical at the time. I could, <laughs> yeah, he couldn't even like fathom me, you know, being rational at any by any means. He's like, know? I think this is a period. I think it lasts like a week, so she's gonna need some intervention. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyway, continue. Oh, Sorry. Oh no, no, it's – I mean, I just feel like especially as a woman reading this, and I think it's good for anyone reading this to, to see what it's like, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, she's – Cersei is proud that it's her, right? And she's, you know, had this badass 100 years on this island. So she's like, oh, no, there's no one here. It's just me. And like immediately, yeah, yeah. not really says, understanding why not they're asking her these questions. Yeah. yeah, and um, you know, she says the air changed in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh this and this is when, especially when reading it, it just I I this was the second time I had read. I'm reading the book, so I knew it was coming. But even then, I remember reading it the first time, and like you almost like it takes the breath out of you when she's oh, like yeah. changed in the room and you start My stomach to feel dropped mm-hmm. uncomfortable yeah hot you know yep. i noticed like yep. all these things in your body again being a woman i don't think there's one woman out there who could say that they don't understand what it feels like to feel threatened in a situation oh, yeah. just mm-hmm. to yeah. feel threatened like i have told you know different people i think even my husband at one point i was like there have been times where I have walked somewhere and seen someone look at me from across the way, you know, yeah. in a parking lot, and you get chills in your mm-hmm. entire body. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that is a look that does not feel good. And um, that's all you need to feel like yep. as a woman, like like guys. The hair on the back of your neck stands yeah. up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think guys don't get that. Mm-mm, like no. Because they tend to not be looked at like that, you mm-hmm. know, or um, like pray. I, well, I don't want to like, yeah, like pray. Yes, exactly. Well, and that's the thing too. It's not necessarily like a, I'm sure men do get looked at like that, but at the same time, you're not also like, well, can I outrun this person? Can I outsmart this person? Can I out, you know, if this person tries to grab me, A, B, and C, yeah. right? How do I? Well, how it's would not I even... generations of misogyny <laughs> baked into them either, you know. Exactly. Yeah, but <laughs> so I feel into like they're like, you know, uh, prehistoric yeah. DNA. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I and I also feel like women are definitely strong and empowered, and there are a lot of women who are very much stronger than men. I I think that that division isn't as wide as we say it is, but it's still there, right? I mean, oh, mostly in general, if you're a woman and you see a guy, they are taller or bigger or stronger in some way generally, right? That doesn't mean that you can't outsmart them, outrun them out. But there are classes for that, right? I mean, I recently have taken a couple like self-defense 
Um, it was actually really great. It's like a woman's self-defense thing and it's always different and they always focus on different things. Like one time they focused on like grabbing a knife out of someone's hand and how to do that, which was cool. And this last time I went, they did this whole drill where they have a guy who's dressed in padding and we go around in a circle and do something that's distracting. Like we do these moves that we've learned and then he randomly attacks someone from behind and then you have to use the moves wow. that you learned in class to get him off of you. And I was like kicking butt that whole class. Like I got this down. And then it was wild. Even in that situation where I knew that you're this person's – it. You're kind of expecting it. Mm -hmm. You've been practicing freshly, literally in that moment. You've been practicing these moves. That person grabs you and everything goes out the window. Yeah. And you literally go into your whole body freaks out. And so it's like about fighting that freak out and like mm -hmm. continuing to, to go. But it was a very eye-opening to me because you think, oh, I'm so prepared. Mm -hmm. And if someone came at me, no. Like – so that that just that's my little yeah. you know aside <laughs> for this. Well, moment. and even too like thinking about physicality is one thing, but you know, there's also the underlying worry mm -hmm. of who's going to believe me. Yes, yeah. You know, you can take all the self defense classes in the world. You can be a jujitsu master, <laughs> and you know, yeah, you get raped in an alley probably the cop is going to ask you what you were wearing or were you drinking or mm -hmm. when you were talking to him, what kind of things were you saying to him? Mm -hmm. Were you yeah. perhaps giving him the wrong idea? Yeah. Which is yeah. all completely irrelevant. Yeah. Doesn't <laughs> you know? matter. Yeah. So. Oh, um, I was going to say it reminds me of that King of the Hill episode with Bobby just to inject a little humor into this episode where he <laughs> is supposed it. to be taking, he's supposed to be taking wrestling or something and he it's full and he can't take it. Or maybe it's like flag football, something that Hank wants him to take. His dad's so excited. And then he's like, oh, it's full. Oh, no. And then they're like, oh, women's self-defense is open. And he's like, awesome, I'll take it. So <laughs> I just remember the line from that episode where because they teach him to say, let go my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> and so and then kick the assailant in the private parts. And so he starts doing that. And he yells the line when he does it. And he gets in trouble at school. And Hank's all proud because he's like, oh, you got in trouble for beating someone up, Bobby. I'm so proud of you. And then he's – they're like, he – the principal's like, he, your son kicked another boy in the privates. And he's like, what? And he's like so <laughs> upset. And then he tells him about the women's self-defense class he took. And he's so upset, even more upset. Aww. And it just – I love that episode. It's so funny. But he, it reminds me Smashing of – that patriarchy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you me. took my purse, I yeah. don't know you at a time. Right. <laughs> um, and it, I took self-defense classes with my mom when I was little. And I was thinking about it. And I was like, I don't think – well, I mean, I was like 9 or 10. And I don't know if my brothers ever took them. So it's just yeah, that kind right? of – she's like, oh, I I'm need sure to prepare my girl mm -hmm. for this. Not that she was doing yeah. anything wrong, but that's like the world that we live in. Even yeah, like – it's unfortunate. I work for this university and we just got an assault alert. Like, you know how they send them through your email or whatever? Like, this mm -hmm, occurred on yeah. campus last night. We on the lookout for this person. They haven't been apprehended or whatever. And it was – at the bottom, it was like, make sure – it wasn't a sexual assault. It was just someone like got – physically assaulted and robbed or something and it's like 
-hmm. be aware of your surroundings, do this, do that. Here's rules to avoid being assaulted. And it wasn't gender specific, but it just made me think of all the rules you have to think about as a college student walking around, like making sure your keys are out of your hand. And like I was reading this list of rules and realizing that I was trying to kind of like memorize them. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like subconsciously I'm preparing myself to be attacked because that's what I've done my whole life, just being a woman or a girl. Mm -hmm. So it's just so sad and so backwards. Yeah, I will say I, I made a point to write that I had no seriously Cersei moment for this chapter because there is no seriously Cersei moment. Yeah. There's no time where she should ever be blamed for not recognizing or not knowing what's about Mm -hmm. to happen. Um, She's just being trustworthy and kind and it stinks that this is how she is repaid. Um, But uh, yeah, I just was like, there's no, whoa, whoa, why'd you let them in? Or why'd you, like, if someone wanted Mm-mm. to do that, they'd find a way. If she said no, they might have forced their way in any way. You know, I mean, there mm-hmm. were other things that could have happened. So it's not her fault at all. But yeah, you know, she notices like everything kind of changes in the room. And um, she kind of plays that game with herself that, you know, I'm sure we've all done too, where you tell yourself you're overreacting um that 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 line hit me so hard yes it really did so even though she's kind of telling herself she's overreacting she does put a potion into the wine bowl because she doesn't feel super comfortable right um so she makes sure all the men you know drink up this is really good wine and she makes sure all of them have a glass and um while they're drinking up uh she asks to hear their names you know she's trying to make Small talk. And the leader's like, well, we want to know your name. And before she says her name, she says that, you know, the way he asked it was kind of weird. She's already starting to feel creeped out. And um, she says she almost says the words to match, like, the potion to make them all fall asleep. But there's still this big part of her that wants to obey. And I thought that was so, like, again – as women, you know, and I think she even says, like, I could have called for Hermes. I could have done this stuff. Like, stuff started coming into my mind. I could have called for my father. But they would be like, oh, you're overreacting, you know, again. Even after all the years that had passed, there was a piece of me that still only spoke when I was bid. Yes. And that line really was so well-placed because I think yeah. as, again, as women, and Cersei's a good example of this, you know, she was – wanted to be good. She wanted to be the good girl. She wanted to obey for such a long time that even a mm-hmm. hundred years later when she'd done all this work to like free herself, she still wanted to obey and she still answers. And, you know, uh, this is when things get really bad. She gets cornered um, and to spare all the details, um, she's unfortunately pretty violently raped. So um, that happens. And um, because this captain or leader has kind of crushed her windpipe, it kind of takes her a second uh, to do anything afterwards. And the other men kind of start whispering about, like, I hope she's not dead. I want my turn. It's really hard to read this part. Yeah. And even, like, I do think Madeline Miller did a good job of, like, having enough detail that it is hard to read. Even, like, saying Mm -hmm. it now, I'm getting, like, Like, it's hard to even say. But it's not so gory as 
to every like detail. You get enough to know that this is not a good situation and that if she was mortal, she might have been killed. I mean, I think she even says like, yeah. my windpipe was like a rot, rotting log, like sm- pushed in. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I think maybe some like the only reason she even survived this is because she is a god. And so, you know, it takes her this moment to kind of realize what's going on and catch her breath. And she utters a different word, not the word to have them fall asleep. She utters a word to turn them to pigs or words. And then she goes into really good detail about how mm-hmm. they transform. Like it's actually, and again, Ribs like cracking and yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. like gory and visceral. But you're at this point, you're just like F all of these men like good, you know, like they're screaming and their bones are breaking to like get into the position mm-hmm. and their noses are expanding and all this stuff to turn into these pigs. So it does not seem like it is um, a very pleasant experience to transform from a man to a pig. I would say no. No. Yeah. I'm going to go with a no. It's like when you see people shape-shifting or not shape-shifting, but having the transformation to werewolfness them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it always looks really painful. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like an anamorphs cover. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like the one with Pitbull. Have you seen that one? <laughs> oh, it's my favorite. Yeah. Oh, shout out to my sister who read all of those books. They're probably all still at my mom's place. Oh, my She's God. Obsessed. I never read any of them, but I've seen every single cover because she had them all. It was kind of after our time. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, we were a little old for Animorphs, but – Yeah, you know, so this chapter ends pretty tough. You know, she's turned these guys into pigs, but she ends the chapter by saying, as it turned out, I did kill pigs that night. And you're like, yes, Yes, you did. You sure did. Yeah, I started that scene going, no, 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 no. And then I ended it with like, yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know. Kill the pig. (laughs) Kill the pig. Kill it. Lord of the flies. Um, But yeah, so uh, I guess trigger warning over, but not really. I mean, Mm -hmm. we'll probably still be talking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. I I just feel like it's a – this chapter is hard to read, but it really does set up, I mean, the main lore behind who Cersei is. Why mm-hmm. is this woman turning yeah. – why is this witch turning men into pigs? Mm-hmm. And when you read this, you go, hell oh, yes, she is. That makes sense. A, and B, <laughs> I hope you do it again and again and again. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You're just like, this is why she turns men into pigs. And there are no – there's no sympathy. There's no mm-hmm. – like, for – these people, these men, you're just like, yeah, good. <laughs> so they picked the wrong witch to mess with. Yeah. And and uh, how apt would – I mean, again, this is all made up, right? Even Cersei, in that interview I watched with Madeline Miller, she was talking about how like she was really excited to read about this witch who turned men into pigs because she thought there must be some interesting story of why she does it. Like, mm-hmm. And she read the Odyssey and she's just like an afterthought. She's just – a footnote in Odysseus's life. And she was like, what? Where's this backstory? Mm-hmm. And so that was some of her, you know, motivation when she wrote the novel is like, I want to give her a story. Odysseus can be a footnote in her life, right? Yeah. And um, and I feel like even if this was real, 
it would still be twisted that way. Like she's the evil one. She turned men to pigs. No one would like question and say, well, why? Did they do something, right? Right. It, even in this scenario, they'd say, well, why did she invite them in? Why did the blah, 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 blah? She would always be the one to blame. Yeah. yeah. Um, they'd start listing regardless. rules like you so, never tell them you're alone. You never are outnumbered. You never like all those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, what about and them? Like, and then they'd say, yeah. And then they'd yeah. be like, well, I know they did a horrible thing and they almost like – you know, murdered you throughout that, but like, did you have to turn them to pigs yeah. and kill them? Like, or my, f- you know, like that. I think is. I was gonna say my favorite is it's in their nature; they can't help it. Yeah, mm-hmm. boys will be boys. Yeah. God, the <sighs> yeah, the amount of boiling that my blood does when people <laughs> say stuff like that. It's just like, yeah. Oh, it's. You feel like your body literally heat up. Like it just Oh know. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I th- I think that we we're dipping our toe in the lake of um men no longer being like that, you know? I yeah. think it's beginning to happen. Yeah. My my hope and my goal is that in my lifetime I will see the next evolution of men holding other men accountable and men standing up for women. Because I think yeah. that that's the thing that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, men, maybe maybe sexual assault percentage is down or I don't we, I don't know any kind of a statistics. Yeah, but I mean, I no maybe, maybe the, you know, we're getting better in that sense. But I still think that we, we have a long way to go yeah. of of teaching our men and boys to be leaders in that in that mm-hmm. sense of making sure they're the ones championing championing for women's rights yeah. and for equality and and things like that because women can talk until we're blue in the face about it but until men buy into it we're, we're not going to see a change yeah until men begin to teach other men and 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 lead an example and be an example for other men we won't see a change mm-hmm. I think there's also I, and I'm not trying to be like, oh, women are part of this either. But I think there's something around consent in general too. I think a lot of women and men do not understand what consent is. Like, um, and that is never, I mean, I remember taking sex ed or having like a sex ed portion of a class in high school and they never talked about consent. Oh no. They never talked about they talked about other things. They never I mean, I think ours was like middle of the road. It wasn't like the worst. They weren't like abstinence only, but they also were very still like at the end of everything she'd be like, but the only way to prevent this is abstinence. Like mm-hmm. but yeah. she still gave the other information. Right. Mm-hmm. So at least like it was there. But like I think that that's an issue across the board for a lot of young people is that they don't understand what consent is and um and either girls think that they need to do what things that they don't want to do right and then they don't want they don't need to say something and then they don't understand why the guy didn't understand that they didn't want to do it mm-hmm. and then men don't understand that they need to ask and continually ask or even women you know Everyone in the participation should be asking continually, is this okay? Or feel empowered to speak up, no matter who you are, that things are okay or they're not okay. Or, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I think there's just a very big misconnect. And that is something, at least 
you know, with my kids that I want to really focus on. And even in spaces that aren't Mm -hmm. sexual, right? So consent is past that Or in, you know, differently sexualized relationships, man and woman, 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 man, man, Mm -hmm. trans, you know? Yeah. Well, I just mean like uh, in physicalness, period. Like, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. If someone... If you don't want to get hugged and you say no, right. someone should respect that you don't want to get hugged. And right. Oh, no, you don't want to hug me. You know, I'm like, no, they don't. Leave them be. They don't no, want Steve, to. No, Steve, I don't want to hug you. So <laughs> that's something. And even like as a parent, sometimes like I'll be tickling my daughter and she'll be like, stop. And I'll be like, yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, wait, she told me to stop. I should probably stop. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's hard. It, it's like things that you try and think about. But I think in general, especially when it comes to our physical bodies, we have to think about consent. And that is like a huge part of um, why I think there's also a lot of gray area with sexual assault because there's just not a lot of education on either end. And I think that sometimes there are people who are obviously monsters like this, you know, captain or whatever, or even like people who are, you know, a close friend of someone. It doesn't you know, most sexual assault is someone you know. It's not some guy mm-hmm. hiding in a bush, right? But I also think there's scenarios with students who don't realize that, you know, they're in some gray area and they didn't they did something that made someone uncomfortable or they didn't ask and they assumed and things mm-hmm. like that that are also under that umbrella too that I just think are important to talk yeah. about. Yeah. I like what you said about the kids, Rose, because I read an article not too long ago and it was titled something clever like your four-year-old doesn't have to hug her strange uncle at Thanksgiving (laughs) or something, you know? And it's like, I, there was so much of that where it's like, you were so rude if you didn't hug or kiss a family Mm -hmm. member or like make, Mm -hmm. like they pull you on their lap and you're like, I don't want to be here. And they're like, you sit there and you be good, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Nothing like no that thanks. specifically happened to me that I can remember. But I just remember sometimes being uncomfortable. Like, I don't even know who this guy is. I guess he's my uncle. But mm-hmm. and so I have to hug him. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't give my hugs out that freely, you know, like even as a little kid. So I just yeah. love that that parents are are shouting that now, like, your kids don't have to hug whoever. And if the older generations don't get it, oh, well. Like, you can try yeah. to explain it to them, but your duty is to your child not to change years and years of thinking, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, I did want to read this quote. And this quote is, I think, super triggering. But it was the quote that I th- felt like stood out the most. And mm-hmm. I just really... Like there's many places in the end of this chapter where my heart sunk or my stomach mm-hmm. dropped or I got a lump in my throat. And like this one, I just felt like I was going to throw up when I read this. Um, the captain stepped towards me. He was taller than I was. Every sinew taught from labor. I thought, what, that I was being foolish, that something else would happen, that I had drunk too much of my own wine. And this was the fear it conjured that my father would come. My father. I did not want to be a fool to make a fuss for nothing. I could hear Hermes telling the tale after. She always was a hysteric. Yeah. yeah. All these thoughts that run through your head like, okay, this is not happening. This is not what I think it is. Mm-hmm. What are people going to say about me afterwards? Like, I think that those are all very uniquely 
female experiences or experiences of the the prey to use a word that Gloria used earlier you know so well and I bet and I'm sure that a lot of people who have gone through similar scenarios have had such similar things oh yeah through their minds um I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't want to believe what is happening is happening um or you know freeze up that I know that's a big thing too is like there's flight fight or freeze people forget to talk about freeze yeah um and so I just I appreciate that Madeline Miller I think handled this very sensitive possibly triggering uh subject really really well Uh, you know I will say that I think she did a really good job of getting into the mind of what someone would be thinking um going into something like this happening Mm -hmm. and it's crazy Kelsey because the the from that quote you read the thoughts which I know I've experienced this myself all the thoughts are number one the worst things that could happen to you are like social shame or like someone making fun of you and not the actual assault. Like you'd think that that would pop to the front, like anything but the assault, but these other like breaking of social norms and Mm -hmm. stuff or like people looking down on you, making fun of you, having negative feelings towards you is worse in your mind in that moment than any sort of physical harm that could come to you Mm -hmm. and that all the thoughts are about other people and you don't think about yourself. Mm -hmm. And I just get so mad at myself Mm -hmm. for thinking that way sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, and thinking like, well, what about me though? Like it's okay to be selfish in this situation when I'm scared or when I'm like uncomfortable or whatever. I'm thinking, I need to think about myself. It's okay. Yeah, you're right. That one. I just felt like ill reading that because it's true I was like she's more worried of or she's one of the thoughts in her yeah. mind is like what are people gonna say about me and I was like oh just yeah oh it made me just yeah and ignoring your gut which I've done and hated myself for at times yeah. <laughs> and I've forgiven myself you know but it's just like mm-hmm. it's really hard when you're like I knew it yeah. I knew I had that feeling and I pushed it was hard but I pushed it down ignored it and suppressed it and sure enough you know, like mm-hmm. I should have mm-hmm. listened. And that's where I think mindfulness mm-hmm. is a whole other topic, but that comes in just listening to your body's cues because it'll tell you everything. Yeah. Yeah. I remember Gloria in high school. What do we used to call like? Oh, good karma, bad vibes. vibes. <laughs> good karma, bad vibes. <laughs> we came up with this like name for guys where we're like, they seem really nice. And they seem like they're really like kind, but they just give you bad vibes. Like we're like good karma, bad vibes. Like there were just people yeah. that if we like Gloria and accurate. I wanted our like <laughs> shorthand for it. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, so-and-so came over. He's like totally good karma, bad vibes. Like oh. <laughs> because it was like, again, it's one of those things where you, f- I remember even when we said that, I was like, I feel so bad getting like a bad feeling from this person. But when I'm around them, I get a bad feeling and they're really nice. And I'm sure there was some truth in that. Like, mm-hmm. I think we all have a little bit of a sixth sense, unfortunately, with things. And um, it's hard to figure out where your rational mind and your your lizard brain, like, where to – what to yeah. believe, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
I'm glad you remembered that. <laughs> yeah, because I remember we also had like if we would kind of make a joke if someone was obviously bad news, we'd be like bad karma, bad vibes. <laughs> and I think yeah, like, that, like bad karma. And our crushes, like our our crushes that we were crushing hard on, were always good karma, good vibes. <laughs> oh, of course, because you knew you guys knew how to pick them, right? Oh. <laughs> well, we thought sometimes they change status. But... Oh, too bad. I have some candles. If anybody wants to hear them. Oh, sure. Let's <laughs> yes. do it. Um, so chapter 14 candles. Um, the first page, she said, the days moved slowly, dropping like petals from a blown rose. So blown rose. Just smells like mm. rose. Pretty standard. <laughs> like a rose, not like you rose. <laughs> but you smell good too. <laughs> blown rose, huh? <laughs> gonna be quiet um and then the next page she talks about daedalus's loom and breathing its scent so it could be called daedalus or cedar cedar loom i don't know oh and then the funeral pyre for i don't think the lion ever had a name right the lioness so yeah it was made of cedar and yew which are like Y E W, and me. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So just like a woodsy candle, and we could call it something like "Goodbye Lioness" or. She Aww. called her Queen of Phoenicia. Oh, Phoenicia! Oh, yeah. That's Queen right. Queen of Phoenicia. That's right. That's what Queen we should Phoenicia. call it, Queen of Phoenicia. Yeah, yeah. Queen of Phoenicia. Uh, we'll see you guys next week, and hopefully things will be a little less dismal. And a little more uh, uplifting the next chapter. Here, here. So we shall see. We will see. Yeah. Bye. 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 CPOV.com. Rain. The Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. RAIN created and operates the National Sexual Assault Hotline in partnership with more than a 1,000 local sexual assault service providers across the country and operates the DOD Safe Helpline for the Department of Defense. RAIN also carries out programs to prevent sexual violence, help survivors, and ensure that perpetrators are brought to justice. If you or someone you know has experienced sexual assault and need to seek help, you can call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-HOPE or 1-800-656-4673. You can also visit their website at rain.org for more information or to chat live.